Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed with balancing your work life and your busy mum's life. Are you struggling to create that bond with your children? Possibly you may be feeling guilty for not spending enough time with your kids. Not anymore because in this podcast, I will bring you tips, hints, ideas and interview material from all the other busy mums that are out there that are trying to balance work life with their lives as well as bringing up their kids as well as facing all the things as we do as busy mums. My name is Farah, I'm Leader Coach Farah and I am talking about transforming busy mums lives. today's podcast I am talking about reigniting your passion and what do I mean when I say reigniting your passion if you're a busy mother who has been bringing up their family been really busy getting the home together that you had dreamed of and envisioned but now the time has come for you to go back to what you love doing the question is is it what you used to do do you actually know what you're passionate about and if you do what are the steps that you need to take to get that passion, to serve the nation and to serve yourself. Today I really want to talk about passion. What do I mean when I say passion? I'm talking about what is it that you are passionate about in life that you would like to do for the rest of the li- rest of your life and it doesn't feel like you're working. If you've achieved that in your life, I feel you're very fortunate. I have, and I feel very privileged to be able to talk about it and to put it on this podcast. And really why I'm doing this podcast is my message to all busy mums out there. I know that you have a passion inside you, but you've put it on the side because you're bringing up your small kids and your family, and you're distracted. It is so exhausting bringing up family and being a housewife and doing a part-time job to support the family income, or or a full-time job, you know. But don't forget your passion. Somewhere in your heart, somewhere there, there is a passion to do something bigger and better than anything else that you're doing. And if you have found your passion, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And this podcast might not be relevant to you. However, you may want to hear some stories. So I was talking to my client earlier. Uh, she's been with us for about three weeks. And um, for past 10 years, she, you know, she's uh, 15 years really. She'd been bringing up her three kids. Uh, just recently, she texted me and said, um, I'm going to London, Farah. I have a meeting. And I was like, hmm, I know you don't work. Um, but you have a meeting. I just thought to myself, but I didn't really, obviously, you know, give it any more thought apart from that. When we met yesterday for our training session, um, she said to me, the reason I couldn't make the Monday session was because I was in the meeting and I want to thank you for something. And I said, oh, you're welcome. What is it? What do I deserve the thank you for? And she said, you deserve the thank you for... um, Asking me that question, what is it that I want to do in life? What is it that I want to do? And she said, that ignited something in me. And she did, I remember asking that question and she said to me she wanted to work with pets. She loves pets and she has a beautiful, lovely dog. 
and I said okay I said what within the pest would you like to do she said I don't actually that's the bit I don't know I need some kind of direction and guidance you know but I want to do something with pets and I have an experience of buying so she told gave me two things you know two things can be put together or you know or they could be very far apart but she um um just told me that and then we talked about her nutrition and her exercise regime and her mindset and at that stage it occurred to me that to live a fulfilled life not only do you need a good nutrition I totally believe that's the foundation of any healthy household any healthy person you need an extremely good exercise regime could be anything that you enjoy so you can keep it up but you also need a mind that is being fulfilled it's being used is occupied is um doing things that it loves to do is satisfied a soul satisfaction job very different to something that you're just going and doing for money rather than actually loving what you're doing so i'd given my story and i'm i am a, a story sharer a huge short story share really i totally believe if i share my story i don't have to then explain it in words so much what i'm talking about but if i just tell you what i went through then you probably will understand and then I just, you know, and I'll tell you that story here as well. I, I told her that. I just want to finish that one story of my client that I'm talking to you about. So she had that meeting in London. Was a meeting about a um, a buying meeting to do with pets. She spoke to a friend who knew someone. They've got a link up. And she had a first initial meeting, first initial contact after many years of actually not doing actively anything about it. Now you put it out there to you. I said to me, if you put it out to the universe that you are ready, universe will give you back something. Because universe wants you to use your gift, your passion, and serve the people around you in the best way possible. So what's actually happening, you're fulfilling your desire, your soul, but you're also doing, you are also serving the people around you and what an amazing combination. We don't need to just talk about the food. We just don't need to just talk about the exercise. They're just in the background. They're just habits that we've created. What are we doing to progress ourselves? What are we doing to make ourselves the best version of ourselves? Is we are progressing by understanding who we are and what is our reason for, for being on this earth. What can we do to leave a legacy behind? A leaving a legacy behind and she has started a journey of some kind and I was so excited to hear that it literally made me feel like this is why I do what I do which is why I wanted to do the podcast and help you guys or reignite that passion in you if you're listening to my podcast and you are working somewhere where you absolutely hate or you may be working somewhere because you just need the money, you're paying the mortgage, or whatever the reason may be. As long as the reason there are uh, the reasons to do things for living rather than fulfilling your desires in life. 
So I used to work in Debenhams for majority of my career. I spent in Debenhams from and in retail generally. I worked in Tyract, Tyract, Tyract for a few years, where I was just a sales sales assistant, and I loved it. At my first my first ever job, well, first ever full time job. I had done little part time jobs when I was fixed sixteen and um, seventeen. Um, and in that job, I then became a deputy after being there for three years because I wanted to prove myself and I wanted to, you know, make sure. I was totally loving working in Debenhams. It was amazing, amazing, amazing little work community. We just worked so hard. We, we just partied hard. We loved it. We just had, I made the best memories there. I, I literally did. And after working there for a few years, I kind of worked through my rankings and got up to the highest levels of sales manager um looking after various departments from menswear to cosmetics to uh fashion accessories um lingerie uh, and then finished my career on women's wear and that's where i took my last you know that's what that's where i ended my career and the, the reason i wanted to tell you this is because at that stage i was um not not loving what i did i loved my job but i wasn't happy about making money for corporate company so that wasn't what I wanted to do I can't I found it a bit boring it was monotonous I guess because I'd done it for a few years um things got very complicated within that business as well but one thing that I continued to love was the people and it was people that actually made the difference and made me come into work and looking at their smiling faces talking to them trying to solve their problems perhaps um just general chit chat with them it really used to make my day definitely and it was massive part of my my day and I used to really enjoy doing that um however I knew that this could not be where I'm going to retire or this couldn't be my final destination and that I had to do something bigger than this what I did find and this is what we need to know how did I find my passion what I did like was the the talking to people and encouraging them and to encourage them to become the best version of themselves by breaking down the issues that they used to bring into work and try and resolve them with them um, and make them understand why they were having those issues was the best part of the job. So all I knew was I love doing this, uh, this is the part I love, um, not necessarily the times that I was coming in there because at this stage now I've got two kids but one needs to be dropped here, one needs to be dropped there and then doing part-time hours. So the whole rushing, getting to the town wasn't exactly something I was enjoying. But once I was there, I was really comfortable because I loved the team and the people. And that, that I, would, I would call that became the part of the passion of my, my work was that, that that's what I enjoyed doing. Um, uh, the selling still continued. I was, I was still good, happy doing that, um, but not as happy as the rest of the business or number crunching and all of the politics that went with it and over you know if you were good at something you would get loads of that given to you you know just taken advantage of and I could start seeing through these things as I'd been there for so many years now um so I knew that I had to do something different I knew I had to do something else and this is where I then came to a conclusion that I need to do um, something which is to do with people and I still didn't know what that would look like. Um, if you speak to my friends, they will say to you that um, Farah always talked about being a trainer and that she would want to um, help people via health and 
um, nutrition because I always I was I've always been passionate about that, but I didn't quite know how what did that look like. Personal trainer wasn't quite in my mind at that time. Um, it in fact uh, when you've got two kids, thinking about training for become someone else is quite a scary thought actually. You think really I don't think I can do it. I don't even think I can do another exam or I don't think I can study something new, um, and that will just put so many um doubts in your mind that you perhaps won't start anything new uh, and this is this is that moment where you need to decide are you going to listen to your self-doubt are you going to listen to your limiting beliefs or will you take that risk because you believe in in yourself or you believe in something so much that you are willing to take that risk and this if you are sitting on that stage now and um, where I was about three years ago when I gave up Debenhams, then it's a, it's about asking that question. Are you happy doing what you're doing? Because once your kids have gone, you know, doing their own thing, even when they're 14, 15, they don't really need you as much. Um, so you could start doing what you really want to do. You can't really use kids as an excuse anymore. What you need to start thinking is, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? Or are you just going to increase your hours so you can get, have more money, so you can go on holidays and you're quite happy there? But actually, when I ask you how do you like what you do, you perhaps... If you are feeling that you are on those crossroads where you would love to quit and start something that you love, that could be one option. Or you know you don't like what you do, but you do not know what you're passionate about. Or you totally know what you're passionate about, but you don't know what to do next. This podcast is for you, most definitely. Okay, so what did I do? I'm going to tell you through my story. I haven't got a formula, but I can tell you what I went through and what, how did I feel, how much risk did I take, and how did it pay off or not. I can tell you that. Okay, so three years ago in 2015, uh, about four years ago really now, 2015, we formed a company. I met Afro, my husband now, in Debenhams. He had joined us from Westfield and was also equally passionate about health and fitness. Um, we got chatting and we, one day, Afro, Afro, if you speak to, if you listen to his podcast, Big Coach Afro, I'm sure somewhere in his, uh, one of his podcasts, his mentions where he was menswear manager, was women's wear manager, and he was folding jeans and he thought to himself, you know, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? This is so boring. This is just not going to be me for the rest of my life. And, you know, those thoughts were in his head. Thoughts were in my head. How universe brought us together. And both of us ignited that passion into us by giving us the opportunity to talk. And from there, we um, we... We just went ahead and booked a personal training course, a very expensive personal training course with our uh, really good friend now, our coach really more than a friend, uh, Darren, who we dearly, dearly respect because he literally changed our lives. He literally changed our life. This course was not just a personal trainer and nutrition course. This course was about changing you as a person. And I'm going to tell you how I felt because this is something I've never talked about. But I want to tell you this because I know if I open this up and actually let you in my heart, you may relate to it and you may be able to do something. So for that reason, I'm going to break down all the defenses here. Okay, so we go on to this course and um, this course is online 
a good six months course I believe it was and then last two weeks three weeks we go and do a residential this stage we are both in Debenhams we haven't given our notices or no thought of this as far as uh, you know we would concern we had to take this course and pass a few exams a three exams I believe um, and a practical exam test um, and we had to train 10 uh, live people to actually then get the go-ahead that to say that you are done and get a certificate to then start training people comfortably um, and we I just you know online when I was learning I felt I found it and this is this is where I want to tell you my insight I found it difficult I found taking information on board so difficult I felt like my brain was dead my mind wasn't listening to anything that was going on I saw these people I mean this when you do a course you have all of it the, there's a chat box on the side and people ask questions and I felt every single person on there was more uh, alert than me they had more questions than me and I felt that I wasn't listening to any of it I couldn't take it all in in between I was putting the boys to bed I had other distractions on mind I was so tired I was exhausted but I did the course, you know why? Because I had a really good support system and that was Afro. Afro did his course from his own house. Um, we, we weren't living together or anything then. And, you know, he, or, or often we'll do it together as well. And he would take information on like 90% going into his head and me probably 40%. I would have to re-listen to it, re-listen to what Darren was teaching because Darren didn't just teach us, you know, the 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 level one twos and threes but he gave live examples and those stories they told were what how I learned how I res found so much respect for him that deep coaching that he did that deep coaching that I never thought about myself in a way that he made me think about my own self basically you know he he, he said what why are you on this earth you know you're here to serve people and you're going to be a personal trainer. You want to be a, the best personal trainer. And I didn't quite understand what he meant. I knew this course because of its expense was set apart from the rest of the courses around in the country. Which is why we chose it. But what I didn't quite understand what he actually meant was how different this was. Because we were changing lives. We were learning to change people's persona, their outlook on life. Making them better versions of versions of themselves and that to me is unbelievable it's priceless it's amazing it's self so fulfilling it's so so satisfying for me that I was overwhelmed when I realized oh my god I'm not just a personal trainer who's going to teach you how to squat I'm going to change your life I'm going to change something in your life that's going to make you better what in whatever you're trying to do and I now see examples of that everywhere so I want to tell you about this course and I get distracted really quickly as you can see so we we do this course online I've taken some of it in some of it not and I know when I go over so there's three weeks residential that means we need to drive over to Wales Wales yes uh, and in a beautiful beautiful place that Darren hires or uh, part of that maybe live out there we all had our rooms there and we stayed there for three weeks and I'm telling you that was the most horrific time of my life 
no one knows this information. If Darren, you're listening to this, Darren, you you would probably know what I mean. Um, like her, the reason says horrific, not because the place was horrific. It was lovely. It had swimming pools, sauna, uh, a hot tub. I think it had. Uh, it had a lovely gym where we trained the the new clients. We and and where we learn about um training people. Um, and there was uh, the training room. It was a lovely kitchen. There was lovely snacks, or healthy, or homemade. You know, everything was beautiful. The weather was perfect. Afro was with me as well. Made some fantastic friends. All those people you know, they're wanting to better their lives, very similar position, want to get out of the rut of every single day, doing something that they don't like or wanted to do something better. All of them very inspiring. Every single one had a story of their own. For me, I felt so inferior. I felt so little. Now, here's another thing I want to share with you. My background, my schooling has been done in so many different cities and country, well, cities, uh, and countries really that I didn't I feel that I I feel like I haven't learned anything I don't feel knowledgeable I didn't feel I just felt I just knew just enough but not enough you know I felt like I knew less than everybody else understanding English sometimes is hard for me because I did most of my schooling in Pakistan and uh, then my GCSEs in England but not very well because there was like one year crammed into two years and it was hard. The whole education part for me um, has been hard and not that, you know, not from a learning point of view. I think where I got focused and I did, I did really well but from movement and not quite sure which direction I was going not being in long enough in one place I feel like I'm trying to justify that so we're going to leave that there anyway the schooling has been hard my learning has been compromised so I'm, I was finding it so difficult every day we sat in this room learning about body parts nourishment food health exercise um, stories you know and you want to participate and I felt just didn't feel comfortable sitting there I felt so uncomfortable every single day if you ask afro he doesn't even know this actually i've never told him but if you ask him he will tell you it was the best time of his life he loved every moment he loves learning he was just he was enjoying it which is great however um my reason for telling you this is that you want to start something if i felt like that i promise you you were probably not gonna feel like this you probably will feel better than me, but even if you did feel like me, there's still an, a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's what I, this podcast is really about. There is a light at the end of the tunnel because after I finished my three weeks and I trained 10 clients, and I love that part, the minute you bring a person next to me, I'm okay. The minute you give me a book and an exam, I'm not okay. But if I need to do a coaching on a person, I'm okay with that. And very quickly, I could see that as soon as everything that I learned I had to apply, I was comfortable. I, and I was even more comfortable as soon as I got my own style. And I was comfortable and I understood what the exercises were and what part of body were they exercising, etc. So I uh, I love that part, love the training part, love the boxing with the clients. And some of these clients still keep in touch with one in particular, um, still keeps in touch with me, has always had such great words to say about me. And that gives me the confidence that whatever I did with her resonated with her. We talked about her mental health. Yes, we did boxing. Yes, we did squatting. And we did everything else. And I have no problem doing that. Well, 
I had then because I was learning. But more than that, I came. it was natural for me to just talk through her life as a person. I shared my story with her. She shared hers with me. We connected on a level that was deeper than just having a personal training session. And I will always train my clients in that way. I will always have a, a human conversation with them. I will always ask fearless questions. I will always coach them deeply. I'll always go there when nobody else has been because I feel that I have a gift. I have a gift that I must use because if I can help them to understand something and if I can help them just the penny drops or to reignite something, then I must do that. Because once they come back and tell you, you know, like this lady did, going back to this lady when she said to me that chat I know we came for this and this and I'm doing my exercise and I'm doing my healthy eating I'm writing in my journal the biggest thing out of all of this in three weeks is that I've actually reignited my passion what's this gonna guys what is this going to do for this lady this is going to satisfy her soul an example for her kids a role model for her kids her role model for herself her self-care, her self-fulfillment, her self-fulfillment of her desires, her being herself, her own person, not a mother, not a wife, not a house carer. She is now doing something that's going to help her become her, bloom her, flourish her in more than one ways. And um, that's the result. And I wouldn't have done this with this authority if I wasn't taking the risk, if I hadn't taken the risk that I had. So 2017, March, I gave my notice after working part-time with Debenham. So we formed our company, Grizzly Fitness, uh, in, after passing the course. We came back, but this course, the European Institute of Fitness, if you are listening to this and you want to be a personal trainer, not a personal trainer, I don't even want to call it that. If you want to be a coach, where you want to transform lives, then go and do this course. And I'm not advertising here for, for Darren. But why my life has changed is because me attending the course. Even me saying this kind of makes me choke. Um, I feel literally overwhelmed that... I, I don't want to sound out that my life wasn't great before. It was just there. I was just existing. Now my, I'm living it now every minute of the day, every single day. I have so many people I'm talking to on my phone, contacts, that people are just dropping messages. Can you help me with this, Farah? Can you help me with that? And that's exactly what I wanna do. I am absolutely in the right place. I am so happy with what I've achieved and where I want to go. I wanna take it further. I wanna make it more public, what I'm doing. Um, when I reach more people, I wanna reach more people. I wanna make a bigger difference. Um, so got distracted again so a few years back um, while I was in Debenhams now I was separated I had bought my house I had two kids that's when I met Afro and I had a mortgage to pay and with my part-time work um, in Debenhams I had enough well, it wasn't that part-time it was 30 hours I had enough money to pay my mortgage and uh, kind of just pay my bills and have a little holiday with the boys once a year but that was about it you know couldn't do any more and 
for me to give up work, to give up Debenhams and to start my own business was a, the most scariest, sweaty palm, sweaty armpit, one of those, you know what I mean? I was so anxious for days. I had written this notice and I hadn't given it in for days. What I had done was I had started to train my clients as soon as I got my um, certificate. We formed the company, we hired a hall, Oak Tree Centre, and we started morning sessions, one session in the morning, Monday and Wednesday. We'd create an eight-week programme where we'll train these people for eight weeks, we're going to change their nutrition, change their, uh, teach them how to exercise, hopefully transform their mindset, and they would be on their way to becoming a better version of themselves. And I did that on a Monday and Wednesday, which was my days off from Debenhams, and I worked in Debenhams Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So in fact, I just worked seven days a week for many months, because I knew I had to develop this business before I gave up and that's what I did so um, I um, slowly so I did that we did that for about quite a few months before then I gave my notice after I'd left straight away and then I left a while after that um, because after I had then started to do the background work to get the business going I the marketing the Facebook and then I did um, everything I did the actual training of the clients and then we introduced the evening session which Afro did um, and that's how the business started started with the two people and I, I remember exactly who my two clients were Debbie and um, Nisha and um, Nisa and they you know those were my first two clients I'm never gonna forget them and I was so nervous when I trained them I thought why would you pay me I don't even have any experience you know I don't I had all of those thoughts going into mind everything was against me I felt but to the outside world, I looked like a confidence, confident personal trainer who knows what she was about to do. And that's how you started. That was my journey. And now three and a bit years later, we have 60 clients. I love training them. I'm comfortable. I plan all the training sessions myself. And life is very different to where it used to be. Harder in terms of money. I had to, when I gave my notice in, I had to work very hard. I had a little cleaning job for a while to just... Um, just to get me going and um, it was really hard it's really hard. and it's still it's not it's not just a piece of cake you know but putting all the effort in is getting better and better so the moral of the story is that I took chance I gave in my notice I full-time worked for my own business and grew helped to grow my business and that was scary time, very, very scary time. But I did it because I know that on the other side of that scariness is something beautiful. And I am living that life now. I'm loving that life now. And you can also do it. You may be confused what your passion is. But think about, think about what is it that you love to do? What environment are you really happy in? It could be you love working with kids. It could be that. And it's not any idea that you may have. It's not a stupid idea. Just really think about what is it that makes me excited? What makes me so happy? What environment that I'm in, I'm feeling really comfortable. And then go and figure out how are you going to make that into your passion? That's it. As simple as that. But when you, found, when you have found what I found, you feel like, honestly, this is my total honest truth. I feel like I won a lottery.
you know, without having that lottery money, that satisfaction. Actually, if I won a lottery now, I, I will still do this. And that's what kind of a test it is. I will still do exactly this. I may buy my own premises to train clients with uh, from, uh, you know, I might go and have a holiday and all of those things where people say, but I will still do what I'm doing. There's no way I will not be doing this because this so feeds my soul. I love doing this, totally love doing this. And um, I, I just can't express enough. Please, guys, don't... Stick in a job which absolutely sucks day in and day out because the repercussion of that is awful. What happens when you come home? Are you then horrid to your other half? Are you horrid to your kids because you're just so upset and you've got things that you want to say to people at work but you can't because of the protocol, because of the red tape, because of how it is. You're not the boss maybe. So then you just live with those feelings suppressed into your heart and have a absolute remorse of working in this place. I literally hate going in. That shows on your face. That will transform into your, in your, show up in your health. It will show up in every single thing you do. You will start living for the weekend, getting drunk so that you can forget about the week. And those all things are signs. They are signs that you're not happy about something. You know, there could be other things that you're not happy about. But I'm just discussing today, reigniting your passion, finding what you love to do and going after it like nothing else. Because once you've got that sorted out, everything else falls into place. You attract the right people, guys. You then bring that into your family. You do because you will bring it everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, you will attract the right people. You will have the right crowd surrounding you. And you will be just bustling in what you've created. It's amazing. It really is. And the only way I can, the only reason I can say it so confidently because I'm living it and I want to share it. I want you to know how brilliant it is. If you don't, if you want to have a chat with me about something um, after listening to this podcast, because you may be stuck in a job which is a dead end job, which is horrible, which you just hate, it's not soul satisfying, then come and have that chat with me. I'm so more happy to talk about this. This is something I've achieved and I, it's probably one of the biggest thing, biggest fulfilling thing that I've achieved in my life after my, my boys and um, yeah, um, please don't leave it and uh, definitely hopefully you'll find a message right in here um, from this podcast and I hope I've uh, done some justice about delivering my passion to you guys so you can see where I'm coming from. If you've enjoyed this podcast guys please please particularly this one share it with someone who really would take advantage of listening to this and maybe make some great changes in their lives about reigniting their passion Thank you so much guys for watching for listening to this podcast and i um do podcast about other things write some blogs and and put out some uh, busy mother instagram posts that you may be really interested in you can find those under little coach farah i'm on facebook on instagram and also on youtube that's little coach farah thank you so much guys So we were just looking at
It's just the way you're carrying it. It's so amazing. It's so lightly. You're... It's a plastic. Yes, they're just oh. two plastic oh, pots, okay. I think. Yeah, yeah, like these are. Oh, did, I thought actually they were ceramic. Yeah. Actually, even say they're ceramic on top. Yeah, that's well, it's all just oh, grounding. Oh, good idea. It? Well, I can't I can lift things too heavy. Too heavy, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because they've got soil as well mm. in there. That's and that's idea. what the other stuff, he delivered some little, um, <laughs> some little clay pellets so that I can fill things up and it not be so heavy to move. Oh, perfect. But, yeah. but the reason I never um, stopped it was because it shows us we're just to know people, we talk about plants as well. Right. Okay. So, sometimes we can come across all the zoos like just talks about it, but you're not. You yeah. have, you, you, you plant and you love doing your garden and stuff and it's okay to share it so we were going through this we're, sorry we um the heat had decided they stopped my phone and now <laughs> the clouds are here <laughs> so well, we haven't recorded anything and it was quite a lot we had spoken about we're just right. looking at the the chart the kubler how do you say Kub- kubler ross kubler ross yeah so we were talking is about he? is he a person they're two people it's oh. a lady and a gentleman and, and i can't remember but yes i mean it's a very this is a very old sort of theory um, but but one it makes sense, though, doesn't it? When you show people this, does it actually make sense where you're at? It does. Because it helps identify with how you're feeling. This, yeah, this one, and also there's another one that's called the waterfall. Okay. Um, and so, see, sort of like it feels like you're going over a very steep waterfall, okay. and you end up in the pool, and you know you sort of you're okay, you're sort of able to come up and, and breathe and, and, and swim, start swimming again. But this pool is full of little whirlpools, okay. so occasionally you get dragged into a whirlpool. Okay. So what it's trying to say is that you know you, yes, you come out, you sort of think, oh yes, I can carry on, and then suddenly something will happen and you'll be dragged into that whirlpool of emotions. Oh. Okay. While um, you while you're uh, grieving. While you're grieving, and it's sort of like, well, why aren't I getting over this? Well, because there will be certain things that will happen mm. that will drag you back into that emotion. Um, and it's like, well, that's okay because you could, oh well, it's been five years, and you know I. Uh, yes, I I had my grieving and I did my grieving when I first lost him, um, but oh gosh, I don't know what's happened here. Something's happened, and, and oh, I I'm just, ta- you know, it's it's taking me right back. Yeah, it could be, you know, it could be something that's happened—a graduation or somebody's got married. Um, so so you know, many occasions. Yeah, I should so be so happy for my child because they're getting married, but I I just don't know what I feel so sad because maybe you wanted your partner there to be there to mm-hmm. see this, you know, and it's that these things will will keep coming up it, it it's life life throws us curveballs every so mm. often and it does drag us down um as well as it lifts us up mm-hmm. yeah there's both there's both you know but as i say we don't sit and analyze why we feel happy mm. and how we manage to keep ourselves happy through a very nice holiday or something like we, we just it's okay to do that we know that but we sort of beat ourselves up when we're missing somebody and, and when we're grieving somebody and and that grief erupts every so often mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's really important to so know what's happening to your brain uh, in terms of uh, sensitivity levels because are you then able to not taking part in conversations around death maybe or you become super sensitive to that you, fe- you feel like I can't be part of this I don't want to hear this because this is making me sad or do you think that would naturally absolutely occur? and I think you know it, it's we if those emotions get to be overwhelming, hmm. if it's that I can't, I can't deal with this, or I can't deal with this with people, then yes, that sort of um, mammalian part of the brain that wants to connect with other people will will maybe come offline mm-hmm. because I cannot be with people because you know we were talking about how, especially Brits, 
don't seem to be able to talk about death very mm. freely and grief and things like that. Um, so if I if I am sad about this, who do I go to? Mm. You know, I I I cannot be with I cannot deal with this emotion myself and look after somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that. So why do we need to go and um, you know why do we need you know when people somebody's lost somebody and after a while we think oh they should be over it. Mm-hmm. It's that because when I go and see them and they start crying, I might not be able to deal with mm. it. So I, I, w- I will pull away or I won't go and see them or the person yeah. who's grieving will go, I can't be sad, I can't do this because it will make that person unhappy and, mm. and that's not good because I need the connection. But they obviously can't deal with my sadness, so I'll just put a mask on. Um, and then everyone up, look how good she's dealing with it or how she's dealing yeah. with it. And then, as we were saying before, you know, so those but those emotions are still there, and so yeah. if we put them in a jar, like you know, yeah. suggesting, and, and oh, I can't deal with it, so I'll, I'll pop that lid on it. Yeah. So it's but, bursting to come out. But it's bursting to come out, and it needs to come out somehow, somewhere, and it'll come out maybe when we least expect it. Well, it feels like we're overreacting to something. Really, yeah. it's because I just needed to talk at that yeah, moment absolutely. and tell you how sad I was. I just needed it valued. That's all I needed. Well, we didn't feel it was appropriate to say it at that time, yeah. and we yeah. have all these barriers of what people will think of us, Absolutely. rather than just going with how you're feeling wherever yeah. you are. You know, yeah. if you burst in the middle of supermarket, so what? Absolutely. You know what? What? So what? What would people like see you like you're weak? They won't. Okay. In fact, you're just being vulnerable. Yeah, aren't exactly. you? Because yeah, again, you think, well, if I saw that, mm. you know, you'll, you'll obviously you'll get the people that will just sort of walk away because they can't deal with it. But then they're in their own drama. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't deal with their own emotions, let alone anybody else's emotions. Um, and then you'll get the ones that just want to, to hold and sort of look after somebody, you know? Mm, I, d- um, so I just suddenly thought of something. Within one household, if you've lost a, a child, would the the father deal differently with than the mother? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, the, the experience um, of each parent as to how, you know, what they're... So what's... Th- what, how they're emotionally educated mm-hmm. you know what's there been their experience of as, as children to deal with very strong emotions mm-hmm. um, so yeah they're going to be very very different ways of dealing with that, that grief yeah and yeah yeah that's that's you're right that's kind of my experience too mm. two two very different ways of dealing with one perhaps trying to protect the other try to be strong in front yes. of the other yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All those kind of things are going on. Yeah, with. so you've got the relationship with, you know, their own emotions, plus, as you say, then, especially if that person, so if, say they've come from an insecure background, and then they found security within themselves, mm-hmm. you know, that relationship, and then this really challenges that relationship, so how do I deal with this? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, you know, you've got two different parties going, I don't know how to deal with these emotions, and now you're not my stable person anymore, mm-hmm. so how do I deal with that? How do I cope with you not being that strong person? when I need that really well, well right I now. really yeah. need somebody to be strong for me now and you can't be because you're dealing with your grief yeah. so you can you know you can understand why when something like that happens people pull apart yeah when when you just said that I need you to be strong we use that quite we use this quite a lot don't we mm. what does that mean because when you've said it out loud I'm thinking do you need to, do you have to be strong what does that mean in terms of being strong? I think it. I think it's. I need you to be able to value and hold my emotion for me, or with me, not for or me. With me. With me. I. I need to go through this emotion. I need to. And I don't understand what's happening. And so that's that empathy. Mm-hmm. 
and that's what compassion is rather than sympathy you know so often with, with grief and you hear I'm so sorry for your loss mm. really okay so what you're doing well you you've what you've done is you've said that and that makes you feel better doesn't it make me feel better mm. but you're feeling okay so you can just walk off now whereas you the people who have the empathy will be with you during that time you know they may not say anything but they'll be there in case you need them mm. and it's that connection it's that soothing presence of another person who's not judging and I think and that's, everyone knows who they are don't they yeah. yeah and I think that's what that strength is sure. it's that can you be there with me whilst I'm going through this emotion you're not I'm I'm not so scary this emotion's not so scary you're gonna run away and leave me mm-hmm powerful stuff is how would you talk to a child about grieving I think again it depends on the age of the child because it, it depends on their understanding of of what death is because mm-hmm. that's we don't talk about that no in no. any of the schools or any of the things it's almost felt like taboo again isn't Absolutely. it there's a really good website called Winston's Wish okay okay that um, works with children of different ages and it shows you how to work, how to help children of different ages or oh, wow, cut loss okay. as well. Um, so things like with younger children, you'd maybe make up a memory box okay. and have things, photographs, you know, bits and pieces and things like that to help them. Because mm-hmm. um, again, if, if if they're very young children or small children, they may not they may not be able to write things no. down. They won't have the vocabulary. Um, but if they know that you know daddy was mm. a pair of socks or yeah. you know that that's the smell or the yeah. smell or something like that then um that's that they can put that in there as well but again it's this as i say they may not understand what's actually happening so maybe even providing them with something they'd be able to say and even a two-year-old can say where's was Dada, you know, was where yeah, every now and then, sporadically, you know, yes. they might not realise they're not there. They think they might be on a holiday or they've gone away, yeah. but not actually realising they're actually not going to be there forever. Yeah. So that can, again, that's that's really hard to try and explain that, especially when you're going through your own grief as well. Yeah. Um, but to say, Winston's Wish is a very good website for that kind of thing. So um, yeah, well worth visiting. How would you say with the duration of grief? How it's hard, isn't it? How long do you? How long's a piece of string? Is it really? really? Yeah. And again, I think it's, you know, who that person was to you, how they passed, um, and who you've got around you, what experience your past experiences, you know, again, if you, you know, handling emotions. So it, yeah, it, we were talking about. So um, if you, if you're a busy mum, you know, and. So you you haven't maybe haven't got the time because we're talking about different cultures are mm. able to just grieve and have those Motion outbursts out. that they're out and they're there and it could be that you know they're right this person's just not going to be functioning for a few days that's okay there are other people there's the community there's other family to take over if you haven't got that around you but you still have to get the kids up for school mm. breakfast da, 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 yeah. da, you're like so where's your period of time for you to allow yourself to, to have grieve. that grief yeah you you haven't so that might be the thing that you'll carry. And at some point it'll have to come out. And yeah. it does come out, but it's how it comes out. And if it's self-destructive, 
um, or as we said before, like this 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 displaced anger or you know, low very low moods. low moods and things like that as well can then show up as depression. You quite quite know what's happening with you, but you're like, I don't want to yeah. do anything. I don't feel happy with doing anything. Yeah, you know, I'm sat on a lovely sunny beach, but I don't feel like I am sat on there. No, everybody else feels like, oh my god, it's sunshine, but to me, it's still dark. Yeah, that feeling is very clear, isn't it, in terms yeah. of. I don't see the sunshine like other people are seeing. No, absolutely. So, you know, because if, if you've had those those overwhelming feelings and you had to put them to one side, when do you open that box? Mm. Try know? not to put them on one side. You, you, yeah. you know, allow yourself, maybe p- find a space where you can do that. Mm. Even just, like, ask your uh, people around that you feel comfortable with so you can. Yeah. yeah. Or if, you, if there's nobody that you think in your family can do that. You know, there are, as I say, there's... there's mm places like cruise what is cruise? Uh, cruise is a bereavement uh, charity okay. but they offer some people that you can you know that you can talk to who will understand um, and give you that space to to, 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 to talk death yeah you know to talk death it's a big taboo in this country yeah, talking very about death. it's like the minute you've done with the funeral we don't talk about it anymore. yeah exactly it was funeral sorted you know why aren't you getting better why aren't you feeling happy well, why would i be totally Completely. Yeah. So cruise. So how do you spell it? C R U S E. Okay. C R U S E, and that's a, a charity website. It's a briefment charity. A briefment yeah. charity. Yeah, it's national one as well. So okay. yeah. All, all should be so it must be country. a free telephone number for anybody who wants yeah. to ring and talk. Yeah. And speak. Okay. Yeah. So in terms of um. So bere- we we started with bereavement, trauma, and um, what's the third Grief. word? Grief. They all same similar things yeah absolutely and you know and you said it because what it is it's about transitioning isn't it? it's yeah. about changing that you know your life has changed yeah um but it just so it's given a different name a different stage then or not? i think people sort of look at it separately but i think actually if you i think more we're beginning to learn about the body the more about the brain and things like that that actually it's we call it different things but actually the the physiological impact on the body is very similar mm-hmm. um and the mechanism about how we deal with it and how we try and deal with it is, um, yeah, it's, it's just starting to be explored, I think. And, and I think it's that understanding that a lot of the reactions that happen in this are very normal reactions. Mm. You know, we're, we're, they're very protective. When we go into that place where we think, oh, I can't deal with this, we go into denial, it's because it's too overwhelming at that moment in time. Uh, and it's, it's maybe understanding then and thinking, well, that's what I'm, I, that's how I'm feeling and mm. I'm, I'm okay. I'm not yeah. weird. I'm not the only one. No, exactly. This is the other thing. Yeah. I'm, I must be the only one who's feeling like this. Yeah. Why so so very quick to compare, very quick to judge ourselves yeah. and not being kind to ourselves there, to give ourselves the opportunity to just be whatever we're feeling. And some people might not feel that grief straight away. That's the other side as well, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we briefly touched on, so what if you... You know, if you lose somebody that you hated, mm. you know, how, how, how those emotions are going to be very different mm. um, with respect to, you know, how do I deal with this? Um, but you're still your life has changed yeah. because it could be that's how you looked after yourself was by hating that person. That's how, what got you through the day. Mm. Um, so now they're not there anymore. How do I get through the day? Which might sound a very strange thing to say. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, it, it's a behaviour and that's, that's what the brain's get up. It needed that. That's how it got through life with that story. 
Now the story's changed. And what would you say when people, um, say if you have a sudden death by accident, so you're not prepared at all, mm. so it's not following a disease or anything like that, what does your brain go into? Well, again, you know, and that's, that's the trauma. That would okay. be a similar sort of thing. So um, we then look at PTSD. Um, so because PTSD is when you've had a, a sudden incident, so that could be something like a car accident. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. um, Heart attack, suddenly. Yeah, absolutely. Was fit and well, yeah, and that completely happened. out of the blue. Somebody, one minute standing, then they're not. So, yeah, so your body is like, oh my goodness, you know, what happened there? And so again, depending on how your emotional sort of resilience is, you might sort of be, oh, that could happen to me. And then, you know, we go into catastrophic thinking um, because if nobody's there to sort of to talk that over with you know then it's like oh my goodness that that happened it happened to him it could be that's going to happen to me now I don't know anything about why's and where's and I can't ask anybody because it's just not done to talk about it whereas if we had groups you know with sudden death group then people could understand and they could talk and they would be able to say yeah that's how I felt oh gosh yes that's how I felt this is how my body responded you know, and normalise it. And once we normalise things, then we come out of the trauma mm. because we're understanding that that's okay. That's what my that body can does. Happen, yeah. And it's like I heard it. I heard about it, but I never thought it was going to happen to me. Yeah. You know, it's one yeah. of those. And how do you deal with? Do you people blame themselves for the person's death afterwards? Is there some? Maybe they haven't had the opportunity to speak to them. Maybe they kept yeah. things. Is there another part, this regret, the part part of your brain that has like never yeah. got that satisfaction of? Absolutely. You know, you hear about, um, you know, oh gosh, you know, the last thing we did was to argue. Mm. And then I never saw him again, you know, the accident. And so, you know, it's the, all that unresolved that's emotion that's there. That all takes part into yeah. this yeah. denial, shock. Absolutely. You know, so... He's frustration. Frustration. So, you know, that my last memory is going to be that. So, Mm. how do I deal with that? Well, I can't deal with that. I can't. I can't think about that. So you've got the 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 grief itself, the sadness Mm. of loss, and then you've got the regret coming into it, the frustration of widening out, or in some cases it could be, you might start blaming yourself. Did I cook that way? Does he? Why does he? For example, if it's a heart attack, you start thinking, "Was that my food? Did we not look after? Why didn't I pick that up? Was I not an observant wife or a husband?" Or you, yeah. you could just go on. I'm sure this kind of element of blame the pe- person who's living next to them is thinking. Absolutely, and again, you know, it's this is, and I know I keep coming back to it, but then that kicks in with the shame again. Yes. You know, so if I can't talk, if I, I think these things, I think, oh my goodness. I am responsible for this but I can't possibly tell anybody what I'm thinking mm. because look what are they going to think about me they're going to think I'm awful mm. you know whereas if it's that having these free conversations and somebody can go well no actually do you know what you may have done you may have cooked the meal but whose choice was it to eat it you didn't you know and give people perspective and um, talk it through so they talk can it feel through, comfortable because you know, yes. you know. we're so harsh on ourselves we could actually take ourselves from like 0 to 10 in terms of blaming ourselves oh, and especially and particularly if you've lost a child as a parent you must literally be so harsh on yourself mm. that did you try everything and did yeah. you do everything and you, you must like scrutinise yourself like never before and I think the thing is with you know especially these you know, the age we live in it's very difficult to list to when we ask why 
and not be given an answer. It's very, we don't like to not deal with answers. You know, it's like everything has to be laid out. Mm. This is why it's happening. Da, 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 da. I understand. I want a reason. I want a reason. Yeah, I want a reason why this person has yeah. got this. Yeah. Yeah, I want, I need, because I need, I need to be able to have the end of the story. Yeah. Okay. Everybody needs, everybody needs an end. Everybody needs an end. Everybody needs a structure to their story. And if that ending is, ooh, ethereal, I've no idea what that ending is, then I'll make one up. And if it's I'm to blame, mm, then I'll make that's, one up. You're right. I'll make one up because I need the brain needs it needs a story. It needs to have start, things. middle, and end. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. That's how the emotions work. Is that that's because it needs to deal with? Is it because it needs an end? Because it needs to know what what's the end? Like where is it finishing? Or? Yeah. So if there's a candle there, I put my hand in the candle. It burnt. I won't do that again. Right. Okay. So that's your neural pathway. Right. Okay. But I need to learn that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So there needs to be an action and a reason and then a decision. Consequence. A consequence, a consequence. or a conclusion, conclusion or this. Right. There, there needs to be a learning, something learning learnt at the end of it. Oh, okay. So the brain wants to learn something at the end of a action that you've taken. Yes. Yeah, so I've done this, this and this right. and that's happened. Right. Okay. So I can now think about what... And if, if this happens again in the future, I now know what I need to do. And that's with everything. And that's what makes us different between, that's what makes mammals different to humans. To, um, when, well, oh, we are sorry, mammals. mammals different to, yeah. Yes, yeah. fish or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, because, you know, famous fishes are what, a five second memory? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's, that's because they learn. It's like, that's what makes, because we've got that, that part of the brain that's able to take memory is able to rationalise, is able to put things together. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, So as human beings, we tend to live in the here and then rather mm-hmm. than the here and now mm-hmm. if lots of things have happened to us. But yeah, so that's the story. We need to have the story. So if you And that's with everything. Yeah. The brain needs the end, a start and a middle. Yeah. Because that's your neural pathway. And even if however long it takes to have an end or... It'll make an end. It will make it'll an give, end. Uh, it, if a uh, situation has occurred, it's going to start looking for a middle and an end. Yes. So we're going to start well, coming it, And up. it happens like that. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm trying to think of some examples in my head so I can kind of understand this further. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. So, so if, you, if there is no why, um, we don't know the answer to why, then we will... As I say, we'll fill in the in the blank and so put if, in that story. If a death hasn't got a, a reason for, which is to 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 our heads, it's like okay, this person had so and so. I can see this was going to happen. Yeah. But if it's, there's no reason for dying, for example, you know, you can't no, get your head around because, it because, because we can't. Say that, because if somebody's died, yeah, suddenly, suddenly, it's okay. That's why we do autopsies to find the end of the story. Yeah. Okay. Because you, you can't just accept what's happened. Yeah, You're right. It always a sudden death. Yeah. Okay. No, we need to know why that sudden death happened. Um, but if it's sort of inconclusive at the end of it, because we don't know enough about that particular person's biochemistry, anatomy, whatever, so we don't understand why. We will make one up. We'll make one up. Oh, that must be me then. I must have done something wrong. If if, if it's not within that person's mm. body, then it must be me. And you'll start scrutinising their life. Oh, they used to. Oh, they did this too much or that too much. Mm. Or it must have that one cigarette they might have had. You, you just don't know what can no, come up. No. But you will keep looking 
deep for a reason. I, I kind of, I think I'm starting to yeah. begin to understand that. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, it's because, you know, the, or the world's against me, or the, 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 you know, so we'll maybe find, and you get catastrophic thinking, you know, that sort of, gosh, you know, they, they one minute they would, so they were driving down the road and somebody went into them, oh, I must never drive again. Mm. Gosh, yes. Okay. The effects because of that. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, that, that's obviously a very extreme example, but you, you know, it happens. It happens. No, it's phobias. Drowning, water, phobias. 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 Yeah. You know, I can't do that. Aeroplanes, yeah. you know. It needed to start. A spider, oh my goodness, I'm going to die. Mm. Yeah. So let me say, it's really interesting if you think about it having to have this End. ending. And that's why a lot of our thoughts are sort of thought patterns, negative thought patterns get caught in that because it's right. So in order to stay safe, this is what we need to do because that was what that's what we were told. This mm. is what happened to us. So that's now ingrained. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine then trying to change that story. Mm -hmm. And wow. that's when that's what this you know the, the transition curve is all about trying to change that story. You've got to take that story to bits and rebuild it in a different way. Wow. And that's why it's really hard. Very complicated, isn't it, brain? Yeah. But fascinating at the same time. Absolutely. But I think the more we learn about it, I think the more we learn how these things... Yeah. You, we can go, right, okay, so what's the story that I've given myself? Yeah. Okay, why did I have that story? Because this happened. Okay, that happened. And that gave that response. Yeah. Right, okay. But now this has changed because this is now, I'm now, I'm not a toddler anymore. Hmm. And I'm in charge of my life now, so actually it's okay. Do I, I change the story myself? I can change yeah. the story myself. So, we're, so we need to be strong to challenge our thought process, don't mm. we? Yeah. At any given stage, whether it's grieving, I mean, more strength is required when it's something like that. Um, maybe I would use the word understanding. Understanding, okay. Strength, some as in mental strength, we need because when you're saying you were saying something like we want to say to ourselves, you know, we, that that's hard, it is hard, and, and it's that's why it's that's when the compassion comes in, and that's where the understanding comes, comes in. in. This is okay, this is why I'm doing yes, this. Yes, you're right, okay. understanding because sometimes strength can be I need to change, yeah, okay, and that's that's really challenging for yeah. that story. Well, no, because if I change. Oh no, I don't want to do that. I, I, this, I like this, it. I like it yeah. here. This is what I understand. I'm, I'm geared up. This, I'm so comfortable here. I can do this. Yeah. Don't challenge me. Don't tell me what I should be doing. And that's, you know. Mm. So uh, yeah, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but this is this is how it feels safe. Yeah. So if someone has lost someone. It's okay to feel sad at any time. It's it's no there's no pressure in terms of you should get over this. You should get over this in three months or six months or six years or ten years. There is no time limit no. for you to get to for you to get over. The word getting over is not right, is it? It's not right no, at all. Why would no, you? Why would you want to get? Why would you want to get over that? Yeah. You know, if, if that person was meant a lot to you, you know, was you know, was a soulmate in my case. Um, why would I want to get over him? You want to keep those memories I'm alive. Okay, absolutely, and you know there will be times when I'll be sad. You know, yeah, um, and that's okay. That's absolutely okay. It's when it affects our lives. Mm. I think that's when it, we need to look at what's happening for us and and how we can help ourselves move it. 
when you say affects our lives in there, like, so general well-being. Well, like general well-being, um, and yes, we've, d- we've talked about this displaced anger. Mm-hmm. Um, when so you know, if you have an outburst and yeah. it's not like you, then don't just leave there. Yeah. Th- think about what what happened there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and if it's these are signs you were saying about really close, p- pay attention to the signs. Eh? Yeah. Know, this is not your normal behaviour. You don't go out and or if you have done this for a short while. Why are you being like that? Because you know, and you don't like it, perhaps. No. You know, and I think I think that's that sort of feeling of regret, or mm. that feeling of oh, you know, why did I do that? And that, as you say, that under- understanding that comes. Oh gosh, they didn't deserve that, mm. or you know, I just smashed a pot and or whatever. And why did I? Yeah, you know, why did I end up here? And yeah, ask those questions. Well, they, well what is happening for me? Mm. But gently, mm. not not telling ourselves off. Going, and talking why. through with someone that you if you can find you somebody can. that's a, that's a challenge I isn't think it? so yeah. yeah if you can find somebody you feel safe talking to and just sort of giving them a question so sort of, you know I did this I'm not sure why mm. you know yeah talking really out loud yourself sometimes I think many so. times when I'm asking you questions things are happening in my brain oh I'm picturing mm. what I'm saying and I think because I've never spoken up about some of the things loud and that's being in a safe place again, that I feel, oh, I can see now. Mm. I can see the stages. I can see what was happening. And why is it happening now? Or, you know, I can very, it's getting very clear in my head the, what life is about almost. <laughs> it really is. It's like, yeah. this, this is how we, this is, the, this is what happens. And I think one of the very valuable things we can, you can take, or we can take from situations is when we've managed to resolve that situation for ourselves or we have that understanding, is that's what makes us very empathetic for people mm. that are going through that similar sort of stage because we do and when we're talking that's why people then feel safe because they're they're picking up all those signals that it's okay to say this because I'm understanding what you're saying the response I'm giving you it may not be verbal but you know by my body is saying I understand I mean I've walked exactly that same path but I've walked but a I, similar path yes and I, I understand what you're coming where you're coming from and um, it's okay, and you know what? I can I can help you because I'm I'm okay to hold that emotion with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And mm. and and if you feel you are in that position, and share your story, you know, to help the other person. I think, and that's how we connect. Yes. And then more people will feel that. Like you said, I, I love what you always say on your leaflet is that talking is start talking is healing because mm. that really, really, absolutely resonates with me. And that's where people are. Yeah. I'm not saying this to her. Don't you think I'm weird? I thought the same when I first started talking to you. But I was like, "Can I say this?" Oh, I don't know if it's right. But then I, I now say more than I, I, I uh, come here to say. <laughs> but I feel comfortable, and I think yeah. it really, really helps to talk. Yeah, definitely. I think so. I, I, and these subjects are deep. Yeah. You know, they really make you think deeper. And um, I, for, I get where we're sitting. Like, you know, we li- we're sitting in a lovely garden. Um, but I completely forget where we are because mm. I'm so zoned in and, at what you're saying. Because to my brain, it's making up, it's, it's, it's creating something, like a story. I don't know what it is. It's mm. just opening up little, it's almost like opening up little doors. Ah, ah. It's yes. like that feeling. Ah, yeah. I don't know what she's talking about. That makes sense. And that's why it's in, that's the, the relational part. That's why it's so good if we can get that part of our brain online. Mm. Because that's, that's the part that's creative, that's the part that's wanting to understand things, that's, that's the part that will be able to make different stories. Mm. Okay. 
because it's being given a different ending or a su suggestion of a different ending. So how can I make this different for me? So I've managed to do that. So mm -hmm. I'm hearing this, oh, I heard that for somebody else. They were able to do that. And that was safe. Okay, so maybe I could try something similar. But unless we talk to people and understand their experiences, You're not gonna we don't give that them. information. We don't get that input. Completely. Mm. It's like my brain has a different ending now for what, how my past was. Mm. I've changed the ending, haven't I, really? Yeah, absolutely. By actually understanding, by actually not getting over it, but actually understanding what actually happened. Yeah. And, okay, right, this has happened now. I am going to, I feel okay because I've talked about it and I'm no longer angry. I have no harsh emotion attached to that mm. past. I'm okay. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm not exactly happy because it wasn't a happy thing to, to be happy with, but I'm okay with it and I can talk about it. It's like almost like a next step. What's the next step? Now I can listen to people who have gone through the same thing. My next step is I can actually say, you know, speak to them about it in an open manner without mm. feeling ashamed and without so the ending has changed. Yeah. And it's forever changing because the more you talk, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is what's so lovely about the, our persons. Is the fact that we can, you know, if we give our brains the chance, um, it has that ability to be constantly changing, to be dynamic because mm. it loves information. The more information it can get. I was going to say, is there such thing as over information for the brain? Can you, can someone completely talk themselves out of this? <laughs> well, exhaust I'm sure, I'm sure yes. <laughs> but then it's, yeah, that's called intellectualizing and that's a defense as well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah, there's all sorts of things. But it's that, it's to say, that's why it's so important that we do connect. And there's something about physically being in the presence of people that you cannot do online. Yeah. It, there's 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 so much more happening you said when you're talking about, with people. You said something about we are uh, connected by us. You used a word last time about being in physical presence with people yeah. gives out their signals. Or yes, there's there's something called neuroception. That's it. Yes. Okay. Well, that, and that neuroception and that happens. We have no control over that. But yeah, that one part of it is literally connecting. Yeah, by signals, what's yeah. happening with our bodies um yeah and, and, and again we don't know that we're just starting to sort of have knowledge about that and that's oh, why right. it's so important to to connect with people to be with people if you can um because it gives us that's the real soul food mm -hmm. soul food i think yeah, i think that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the real word for yeah. soul food yeah yeah absolutely what would you say to people um as our sort of the last thing if they are at home listening to this and they're they've lost a loved one recently or even years ago you know and haven't uh, quite been able to open up their emotions and been suppressing it what would you say to them okay it's, it's maybe approach somebody like Cruz who, who will understand who will have people who want to hear your story who understand about you know the fact that it, it may not have been recent it may have been many many years ago um, they also deal with um, people who have miscarriages um, because these are all losses all as losses, well yeah. all losses all bereavements um, and it's yeah just somebody who you know again either if you somebody specific like that who would who are able to talk yeah, about especially bereavement, trained in especially that, yeah. trained or as to say if you can find somebody if you have somebody close that you're able just to say do you know what I just need to talk about this I haven't talk, spoken about this 
if it feels better maybe check in with them and say I want to talk about Fred you know and the fact that I lost him 10 years ago would that you know are you able to sit with me while I talk so again it's almost like checking in with yourself that so it's okay for me to talk about this and maybe even trust your gut that if that that person will give you markers or give you body language that says actually this is getting to a point where it's not okay mm-hmm. um, but maybe just experiment it's mm-hmm. that you know so if I do start talking about it will that person be able to cope mm-hmm. um, because and if they are how amazing is that mm-hmm. you know that I was able to say this and I've got it out totally and for ten years I've been suppressing and that's yeah. amazing amazing for themselves isn't yeah. it? they will feel so much lighter so much better yeah or Great. you know if there's nobody maybe it's writing yeah just so like journal journaling well, or just, just writing write it maybe writing a letter to that person that's a really like. good point actually yeah. yeah so writing a letter to the person they lost yeah okay addressing them yeah addressing them and telling yeah. them how you're feeling about them that's a really good idea actually. yeah, yeah that's a, a, like a good tip that could be before you start talking maybe you're not in a place where you're ready to talk you could then do that yeah first yeah um and if you're going to do that don't do it last thing at night okay. find a, a some time in the day maybe where you can do it and it's okay and then go out and make contact with people even if it's just going down to a supermarket and talking to the cashier yeah okay um but don't leave it as the last thing that you do at night because that'll you'll carry that through with you in your sleep in your sleep yeah. but maybe if it's that i need to download I know, i'll write this down um and then go for a walk or something like that but yeah if you yeah it's, it might be a way to just totally that first, as you say maybe that first step because maybe step. talking to somebody might yeah. be hard maybe you're absolutely right i think that's an amazing brilliant idea actually yeah really good um things that you can do yourself and to start to start healing mm. um, and, and feel it's okay and other people around you are, are in a similar situation and you're the only one always no. remember that isn't it? absolutely yeah. you know and if, if it's the, you never know that person may have um, a, a, you know a desire to talk about their loss as well but we'll never know if we don't connect yeah yeah connecting with everything really is important thank you so much i think that was um worthwhile for anyone who has lost someone recently or not recently like i said because you may be holding on to those um those feelings like you said like a closed jar but it's showing up in other ways and maybe with this podcast you may be able to recognize what's going on for you thank you you next week with a different new topic thanks very much guys if you have any comments about this particular podcast and you want to share that with us please um, come forward put it on a comment box if not you can send us a private message too thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you next week goodbye goodbye